Hey everyone, Joe Mayers here, and this is the Think Forever podcast. Most of you listening don't know this, but in addition to storytelling with Think Forever, I also serve as one of the worship leaders in our local church. Well, this week our community needed a little extra care, and my team and I decided that it was best to focus on the people in our community rather than production of another story. So, the story episode that I was going to publish this week is being pushed to next week, and instead I'm going to share with you a short conversation with my good friend and pastor, Chris Pobletti, about what it looks like to lead in a Christ-like way and to care for the people of the church. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this special episode of Think Forever. I'm Joe Mayers, your host, and with me today, I have Chris Pobletti. He's a good friend of mine. He also serves as the founding and lead pastor of King's Cross Church, uh, a gospel-centered church right here in South Orange County, California. He's the co-founder of the Gospel Coalition's Orange County chapter and author of The Two Fears, which is a book about the fear of God for the 21st century church. He lives here in Rancho Santa Margarita with his wife, Alyssa Pobletti, who was our guest author last week, and their three children. Chris, thanks so much for being here with me today, man. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Um, huge fan of you personally and uh, and and this ministry that you have. And so uh, I've been following along for a bit and uh, just uh, honestly just, just stoked and, and privileged uh, that you invited me on. Yeah, man. Well, I'm so, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, so we're here today to talk about Christ-like leadership and what it looks like to be an under-shepherd yeah. for his bride, mm-hmm. the church. And so I'm going to jump right in with kind of a big question. Um, what makes a good leader? Yeah. Uh, man, that's a great question. I love how you uh, kind of preface that talking about being an under shepherd. Um, really, I think that that's what, that's what all pastors are. All human pastors are, uh, under shepherds who serve under Jesus, who's a chief shepherd. Um, we're fond, uh, in, in our, at, at our church and in our, our service circles of, of using a term, like founding pastor or, or lead pastor instead of instead of senior pastor because uh, we 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 really see Jesus as a senior pastor, mm-hmm. um, and so I love the way that you phrase that. Uh, but to answer the question, like what makes a good leader, what makes a good pastor or under shepherd of of Christ? You know, a few things come to mind. I think one of the primary things that is worth noting is that a good leader is as somebody who excels in character. Mm. over competence. If you've been following kind of what's been happening in the evangelical world uh, over the last uh, several years, uh, we unfortunately have had a lot of big names uh, fail and fall in ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that usually happens uh, over character issues, not competency issues. Yeah, because these are people who are phenomenal communicators. Totally. And that's what we love, especially in the Western church. We are obsessed with production with things that people can consume. And so uh, if we're not careful, we can be so focused on making sure that we are competent in our callings and in our ministry uh, while neglecting character. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem. Like in, in, we're going through first Timothy right now in our church. And uh, just a few weeks ago, we're in first Timothy chapter four, where there's this, this verse in, in verse 16, it says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. 
persist in this for, for by so doing, you'll save yourself and your hearers. And I think it's fascinating that he says, you know, all the talk about doctrine and teaching and preaching and, 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 uh, the primary responsibilities of a pastor teacher. And here, here Paul tells his, his disciple Timothy, you know, hey, don't just keep a watch on your teaching as important as that is, but also keep a watch on yourself, on, mm. on your life pay attention to, to your, to your life as much as you, you do your doctrine. And so, yeah, I think character over competence is, is key. If we want to go down uh, and talk about some other things uh, in terms of what makes a good leader, I think it's also important to look at, to, to acknowledge that yes, while good leaders are influential, obviously it's important that you have, uh, that you can get people to follow you and to trust you while you are seeking to be influential, you should not be seeking to impress. So yes, have the ability to rally others and influence them, but you're not seeking to wow people. And what one of the ways that um, we kind of articulate that in, in our church is uh, we, we like to say that we, while we take God and his word seriously, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's important to let people see that you're not perfect sometimes. Be vulnerable uh, before others. And when you are vulnerable, when you are authentic, that, that helps us to display with our lives the power of the gospel of grace that we are always declaring with our words. One of the guys that I love le- reading and learning from is a theologian slash author over at Midwestern Seminary in Kansas City. His name is Jared Wilson, and he's got this one story where he, he tells that after service one day, when he, when he used to pastor a church, this visitor comes up to him and says, hey, so you're the preacher, right? Jared Wilson goes, yeah, that's me. And the visitor goes, so, so that means you're the guy with all the answers, uh, to which he responds, <laughs> no, I'm actually the guy who, who points to the guy with all the answers. And I, I love that sort of cheeky way of just describing pastoral ministry. It's like, we're, we're not trying to be the perfect one. We're not trying to be the impressive one. We're not trying to be the one with all the answers. Like our job is to point to Christ. Yeah. So, okay. If I can, if I can pause and go back to something you said, yeah. um, you said, the difference between being influential uh-huh. and striving to impress. Yeah. And that feels a little like a blurry line uh-huh. to me because I think that if if a pastor or a leader is doing their job well, it can look impressive. Sure. And so so how is how is that distinction made, do you think? Uh, for leaders who may find themselves in a role where people are impressed by them uh-huh. just because of uh, a skill or a capability. What, is, uh-huh. what does that look like? You know, keep, keeping in mind what, uh, what we learned about keeping a watch over yourself. I think it's important for the leader to posture themselves as not like some, some level that's like higher or, or better than the people that they they lead. And so uh, there is certainly a sense into which like a good leader uh, is influential and it gets people to follow them. You're able to influence and rally people around you. But when you're, the difference between having that as a quality versus seeking to be impressive is uh, I think when you're seeking to be impressive, you're setting yourself as sort of the standard rather than setting Christ as the standard, pointing people to him. Now, there is certainly a sense in which your life should be worth emulating. Like Paul says, hey, follow, follow me as I follow Christ. But there's that, still that, that, that key aspect of, hey, 
look at look at my life to see what it looks like to trust in Jesus and to trust in Jesus as an imperfect person, to trust in Jesus as a somebody who has um, worries and fears and concerns and sometimes get pri- priorities out of whack. Yeah. Here's what it looks like for me to be thankful for God's grace. Uh, and, and hopefully that points you in the right direction. So there's an aspect of intentional, regular humility. Oh yeah. That, that has to be a part of that mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, the, is that something that you think is natural or, or is that a, a discipline that can be improved upon? Um, yeah, I, I think humility is extremely unnatural for us with, uh, we all struggle with indwelling sin. Uh, the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful without even realizing it. We think we're better than we are. We think we're in a better place, uh, than we, we truly are. We, we tend to think much of ourselves, uh, too much of ourselves. And so, um, yeah, I do think that humility is something that needs to be pursued and it's, it's important because humility is what keeps us dependent on, on God. Uh, it keeps us centered on the gospel of grace. It helps it, us remember that we're to look to him, to God as the source of real power. And it reminds us as, as leaders and as pastors, when we're seeking to lead and influence others, we can't really lead and care for God's people without his help. They're his people and leaders, pastors, shepherds, uh, even just your average church member, God gives us gifts that come from him. They're his gifts to serve the body of Christ. And so we can't do it without his help. And so uh, it certainly requires uh, humility uh, to pursue so that we remember it's not because of us, but it's because of God's love for his people and what he wants to do through us. Mm -hmm. I see that a ton in Jesus's ministry. Yeah. It, and it was a short ministry. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was leading large groups of people for decades. Like we see a lot of pastors doing these days. Mm-hmm. He had a relatively short ministry. And during that time, he was taking regular intervals, not only away from everyone, mm-hmm. but he was taking breaks from things that his disciples, his closest followers thought mm-hmm. were the most important, simply to care for, for sometimes just one person. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's sometimes a disparity Mm -hmm. in our minds about, well, you know, I have all of these responsibilities that I need to take care of. I can't take time away to focus on this one small situation or, or one person's issues. And that's not what I see in Jesus. So are there any from mm-hmm. from Jesus's ministry or or other things that that you're aware of are there any stories that come to your mind when you think about that methodology Yeah I mean you see uh in a number of, of places I think I'm thinking like in Mark in Luke chapter 2 um I think it's either chapter 2 or 4 um when Jesus retreats out uh, for an extended time in prayer uh we see this in Mark 6 when Jesus's disciples are out they're ministering uh they're 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 teaching, they're uh, performing miracles, they're healing people, uh, ministering to people and they're suffering. And Jesus tells them like, hey, so glad you did that, but uh, it's it's time to retreat. It's time to pray. All throughout the four gospels, you see there's these moments where Jesus is in these like heights of ministry where he's very productive. Crowds are gathering. People are coming to him. Uh, they're getting fed spiritually. They're getting fed physically. He's performing these miracles. And then when when most 
of our Western minds would be like, man, let's ride this wave. You know, let's, let's keep this going. Jesus says like, no, I'm going to actually retreat and I'm going to pray, spend some time with my heavenly father, get filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit so that he can have godly wisdom in being led on what to do next. And sometimes that actually, when he, when he retreated to pray, he didn't come back to the crowds. Um, after spending time with his father and with the spirit, uh, what he did sometimes is, is, is he, is he diverted onto a different path and started ministering to a different group of people. What we see in that is rather than riding the wave of production, uh, and I guess like wowing the crowds, impressing the crowds. Um, Jesus was singularly focused on what is it that my father would have me do? And sometimes that was just caring for the least of these mm-hmm. and caring for um, the people that, that weren't necessarily like right in front of him at the time. So what does that look like practically, either for people who find themselves in leadership positions within the church or leadership positions within their communities? Because we're all part of the body of Christ and we all have a function sure. to accomplish. And so, so emulating the way that Jesus went about his work isn't just for lead pastors. No, it's not. You know, that, that can be something that we can all do. So what, what does that look like practically when you talk about prioritizing people over production? Sure. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, it means like prioritizing prayer and the word. And the reason is because when you spend so much time with the Lord in the word, and so much time talking to him in prayer and having him speak to you through the scriptures, you start to take on his priorities. And you see a lot of talk about the priority of people in the scriptures. You don't see any talk about the, the priority of production. You know, We're called to be about the business of making disciples and the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, hey, look, I've got all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And because I have that authority, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to focus on people. Making making disciples is is helping people not only get to know Jesus, but but to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Um, that's what a disciple is. It's somebody who loves the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loves their neighbor as themselves. And so when we spend time in prayer and in the Word, what it does is it, it molds and shapes our heart to look more like God's heart. And so then we begin to, to have His priorities. And that means that we start to prioritize people more over over production. We start to to have eyes uh, to see the needs of uh, what the Bible calls the least of these, those who are hurting, those who are vulnerable. We begin to, uh, you know, when the Bible calls us to love our neighbors ourselves, uh, we begin to recognize like who the neighbors are around us that our sovereign God has placed in our path to reach out to, to, to love, uh, to minister to, to share the gospel with. And so I'm wary of, you know, like, Hey, instead of, instead of filling your schedule with production tasks, fill your schedule with people tasks. I think first and foremost, it's like, man, you need God's heart for people mm-hmm. over production. And the way that you get that is through prayer and, and the word. And so I think it really does start there. So it's not, it's not just like a one size fits all. No. All right. Do this with your time. And you're right. Good. Yeah. I want to switch the focus to you personally. Okay. Because not, not to make you <laughs> struggle with that humility thing we were talking about or anything like that. But in addition to being my friend, you're also 
my pastor. Sure. And yeah. I have huge respect for you in that role because all of the things you've talked about so far, I've seen you doing in your life. The, this isn't just empty words uh, in, in my estimation. So I want to know what your priority flow chart looks like understanding that you are for, you know, for this chapter of the bride of Christ, you are the under shepherd. Yeah. So, um, I appreciate that. Um, the, when you're saying priority flow chart, just kind of like, what are, what are the things that come first? Yeah. Because, because you're somebody who has a lot of responsibilities, Mm -hmm. you know, most, most weekends you're preaching, you know, along with your job comes some structured counseling, sure. leading, whether it's a, a home group or, or yeah. a, a leadership group of some kind, teaching classes and things like that. So you have things in your schedule yeah. that are responsibilities that require a lot of your time. Yeah. And so I want to know what that looks like okay. for you uh, to be prioritizing the people over sure. just the tasks. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, so I'll break it down like this um, and kind of share what the average week looks like. What, what are the things that I pr- prioritize first? And you can tell me if that's helpful. So, you know, Sundays are obviously a big day uh, for my job. And so Monday is my day of rest. Uh, it's a it's a day where, I mean, most of the day uh, I've got my phone on do not disturb, um, spending time with either family uh, or or by myself to, to sort of recoup and rest and, and Sabbath. Tuesday is is like really my Monday. It's my first day of the work week. And the first big chunk of, of that day is really focused in extended times of intentional prayer and, and time time in the word. And when I say time in the word, I'm not thinking like reading the scriptures to prepare for the following Sunday. I'm saying like time in the word just for my own soul. And okay. so it that helps me to get centered on the gospel, centered on the God of the gospel and and get my priorities uh, in in order. I think I think after that, really what I spend time with is just personal development uh, that might be like sitting down with uh, my my leadership coach or, or church planting coach. It might be like reading a, a, a book on a theological topic that would be helpful for a church uh, or for this cultural moment that we live in to make sure that I'm always growing, I'm always developing. Uh, and then I focus time on uh, what I call theological vision. And that's, that's like really making sure uh, that the vision for our church, where we're headed, how we answer the question, why we exist, who it is that we're serving right now, where it is that God's lead, leading us. And I'm making sure that our answers to those questions are, are both informed by the scriptures and also uh, informed by the cultural context that we, that we live in. And it, it, it doesn't mean that I'm like retweaking the vision like every single week. Um, part of that work means that I'm taking the vision that has been defined by our leadership team and making sure that our leaders and our members like get that. And so I might produce yeah. uh, works to help reinforce that. 
And then on top of that, I think after that is just, you know, developing and pouring into uh, our, our leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned leading a home group is, is one of my responsibilities. Well, that's actually something that about a year ago that we were actually able to hand off to a couple in our church. And so I, I, I'm, I'm stoked that now I don't, me and my wife, we don't actually lead a home group anymore. We just get to participate in yeah. a home group. That kind of mentality is really downstream from what we were saying earlier and that like, I don't want to be too impressed by myself to where I assume that like everybody needs me. Right. I want to make sure that there's people at our church, uh, on our team, key volunteers who are equipped with the scriptures, have good character, uh, healthy spiritual disciplines, like know Jesus intimately, are growing in the gospel of grace uh, and who we can trust uh, to lead others. And then after that comes, you know, my focus on preaching, uh, responsibilities and, and counseling. So, yeah. Does that, does that help? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm noticing in all of that, there's a really uh, heavy focus on preparing yourself for the work of ministry yeah, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I see Jesus doing too. You know, mm-hmm. going back to the beginning of our conversation, yeah. that he would, he would take time away. Sure, yeah. And that's something that, uh, to be honest, I find that hard, especially when I try to weigh the balance of, you know, working heartily as unto the Lord and, mm-hmm. and whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God and having this desire to work hard mm-hmm. for the kingdom, but then seeing Jesus and other leaders, um, yourself included, modeling time away, sure, time to rest, time to feed the soul, just like an athlete would. Sure. You can't just be producing over and over and over. What does rest look like for you? You know, I I know that you said, you know, maybe turn off the phone, spend time with the family, something like that, but certainly it's not as easy as, well, I leave my my shorts on all day and, and yeah. sit on the couch. <laughs> right. you know, what is, yeah. So what is what does rest look like for you as an example? Sure. Yeah. Like I mentioned, you know, Mondays are typically my days off. Um, I try to make sure that there is uh, a good chunk of that that is spent with my family, resting with them. And then I also make sure that there's a good chunk of that that's just um, resting alone. And uh, it, it it's helpful to have a, a wife, a partner in ministry who helps me find that time on my day off. Yeah. Um, I heard somewhere, I don't, I don't remember where this originated, but somebody once said that if you work with your hands, you should Sabbath with your mind. And if you work with your mind, then you should Sabbath with your hands. We're just going to go ahead and attribute that to Chris Popletti 2023. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, since so much of my 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 work requires books and and study and conversations and thinking and praying uh, a lot of mind work uh, i tr- i try to find things on my day off uh, for me to do with my hands as as a way to give my mind a break and find a rest in that so that might be like working on the garden it might be playing golf with the neighbor playing catch with my kid or kicking the ball around i i try to have physical activity away from my ministry responsibilities and find at least one physical thing to do on, on my day off. So that's what rest looks like for me. That's cool. I, I really like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find where that 
where that quote came from. Yeah. You, you know who know is uh, is my wife, Alyssa. She's she, she I think she she either read it or heard it in a podcast and she told it to me and I'm like, man, that's good. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah, that's that is wisdom that in the right show there. Notes. Well, Chris, I I appreciate you so much for being here, especially middle of the week when when you got your sermon and everything to prepare oh, for. Yeah. Is there just while we're on this topic before we end, is there anything else that you think people should know regarding this topic of, of Christ-like leadership and, and caring for the body? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's we've kind of echoed this throughout our time together, but I think it's important that in terms, instead of looking at things, our priorities as, as things that we have to, to balance and juggle, I think that we're better served by first talking about how our priorities can be centered on the right things. And as Christians, we want them to be centered on the God of the Bible and our relationship with Him, centered on the gospel. And so I think that our our first priorities need to be abiding in Christ through the Word. We read about this in Psalm 1. Mm-hmm. Blessed is a man who doesn't stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but, but his delight is in God's word, and he meditates it on day and night. And he's like a tree that's planted by streams of water, and he's going to yield fruit in a proper season. You know, just doing the regular daily work of spending time with God, trusting that he will guide us and give us wisdom on what to prioritize and who to prioritize. I don't think it could be overemphasized how important that that is. I know that sounds sort of like counterintuitive to our our Western minds, because we want to be like, hey, give me some steps, right? And hey, look, mm-hmm. there's totally a time and place for that. How to set up like your ideal work week and and keep track of a schedule and have a task list with all your major projects and things like that. Yeah. But I think all of us know how to do that. And we all don't do it well. Uh, and <laughs> Are we're you looking at my task always, list whiteboard right there? I am, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and we're all anxious and stressed about it. And so I think that we could be better served by really just like centering our lives and our hearts on the God of the scriptures, just spending time with him. And then that kind of releases us to not be as anxious of a presence to the people around us when Mm -hmm. it comes to all these other things. Mm -hmm. So if, if I'm understanding that there's a, there's a time and a place for scheduling, but rather than just creating a super rigid schedule for ourselves and not diverting from that, it's about cultivating a mindset Mm -hmm. that's rooted and grounded in the Lord that allows us to make wise decisions yes. with our time and be caring and compassionate to those around us in a Christ-like way. Yeah. A hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Thank you so much for being here. Oh yeah, dude. Thank you for having us. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Think Forever podcast. I hope this conversation was a blessing to you. You can find out more information about our podcast and live performances on our website at www.thinkforever.org. And make sure to join us again next week for an all new story from Think Forever. Think Forever.